everybody welcome back to another exciting episode of the vile files ask nick edition i'm your host nick joined by the trusty team of ali amanda and dad we are trustworthy <laughs> like, you are not a trusty to, team not to, like, yeah. i do feel like uh, that is a word that really i would that would be a central way that i would describe both of you as very trustworthy i uh i, I kind of agree i value uh all of you in the trust department yeah. We're like one eternal cone of silence. The three sides of a triangle, I guess. Yeah. Mm. I don't know, three musketeers. Yeah. Not even silence, but I kind of just trust you with keeping the the ship afloat. Oh. 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 I was going <laughs> You were implying that I I don't really tell you a lot of secrets. No, but if you told me anything about your life, I don't think I would spread it, even if it wasn't a secret. I do, yeah, I do trust you yeah. with secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would fire you if you... That's optimistic. <laughs> you remember that's hearing you say that. I'm like, wow. To think there was a time where there was a really strong running bit of you pretending to fire Allie and <laughs> jokes was... on you because you're pe- giving her health care now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, good bit. Yeah. Great bit. Uh, what's new? Okay. So I, this is maybe boring in the sense that it's like positive, but I have just been having like the best time with my boyfriend. I, we had a, we had a bit of a fight at an oyster restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> as you do sometimes you're that couple sometimes you are and we were that couple we had kind of a a rocky you had a come to jesus conversation i think it was just it was a conversation where it felt like like cleaning the garbage disposal you know or like cleaning the stove like you Doesn't know the garbage disposal you have clean sometimes if you, but you, if you like, put like a lemon like rind six down there months to like mm. a year like they can just get kind of like grody or like there could be like mold or okay. build up so it's like so it, but like a deep clean that's like that. or like like i felt like this was like a changing the oil in our car thing more than getting gas like it felt like something that was like a lot more kind of like long term and just like i feel so listened to on the other side of it because i think a lot of it kind of like pertained to like me not being sure if he craved closeness in the way that I craved closeness and just since then like I just feel like he's been such a making such an effort to like ask follow-up questions and like you know we've been seeing each other more but we've also just been having like these phone conversations where he feels just like so present and like it's a goddamn dream and it just makes me feel like so understood and the other day we had like we had an absolute day of like a wild goose chase we went to (laughs) I found this food truck actually in North Hollywood because there's, he was like, there's this awesome lamp store. It was a Saturday. We were like, let's like, let's go lamp shopping on a Saturday. Like, oh, how stable and domestic of us. And I found this place on Google Maps. It was a food truck, 4.8 stars. Like, that's wow. a very high yeah. rating. Discussion yeah. question for after, like, what's your cutoff when it comes to like Yelp and Google ratings? Put, below fours. Yeah. A risk. But f- below four is like, I'm not doing this unless I understand why. Yeah, unless I know it's like, there's a reason why. Yeah. Or, it, or or I've already been there and I like it before I found out what it was reviewed. I would honestly say like 4.2 and under. I'm It's a little sus. It's flagged. I'm less so like the star amount and like, okay, the people who gave it one star, why? Because sometimes when you look at it, you're just like you're choosing a fight. Or and there, or other times like, it's like this is concerning. They canceled my reservation. And it's like, yeah. okay, 
I understand why that's annoying, but like says nothing about the quality of this dining experience. Exactly. So we like went on this wild goose chase to a 4.8 star food truck. We show up. It's like the most residential area. I was like, okay, interesting. It's Nick's house. You know, it's off the beaten path. (laughs) And then the address that is in Google Maps that said is open until 6.30 p.m. is like a construction site. And there was no food truck in sight. So we like drove all the way there for this like food truck that didn't exist was like ended up like just having like Is that a thing to Yelp a location of a food truck to like follow a food truck where it's like located? Well, that's I think that's a lesson learned the hard way because like it just it had up to date hours, which is why I was like. And it mm. only had certain days. So I was like, OK, this knows that it's a food truck that's only present in certain locations. I'm, I've never I'm not familiar with. I mean, I'm familiar with food trucks, and I've certainly been to my fair share. But I just like know where the where where they will be. It's not something I've tried to find via the internet. I do feel like I am someone who is prone to wild goose chases, both for myself and mm-hmm. others, and that's on big things. But that's a good no- that's good to know. Never let's not listen to Amanda when she's like when we're on Wi-Fi tour, and I'm like, you guys, we got to get off of this exit. Try this There's place. a crazy like, okay. souvenir shop. <laughs> Uh, like knowing that deep down she kind of wants to get lost a little bit. Yeah. 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 Or that, that she's fearless against getting lost sure. and wasting time. But okay, the point, the reason I was saying all this is because like, you know, we're, uh, this epic saga, we end up going to this like bar and restaurant that we go to all the time that is so close to our house for like a brunch like meal at 2 p.m. And we were just playing pool, like having a really nice time. And at one point he like just like looked at me and was like, you're my best friend. And... I was curious, like, what mm-hmm. do you guys think of the, like, when you are dating someone, like a romantic partner, viewing them as a best friend? Do you appreciate that comparison? Are you like, no, there's a fundamental difference? Who doesn't appreciate it? But there's some people who's like, no, like, I, like, I'm not your best friend. Like, you have a best friend is, a best, is your best friend. I might, like, really like you right now. You might be the person I, like, keep yeah. the most updated on my day-to-day life, but, like, can your partner ever really be your best friend? I certainly hope so. Yeah, I think so. Yes, absolutely. In my relationship, I I would love for my partner, and, and something I think Nellie and I work towards, is like I want her to have her friends and her best friends and, you know, but I want to know her the best. I want her to know me the best. I don't want her to have friendships where... She is telling them things she can't tell me and vice versa. And to me, that's a best friend, someone you you really go to with your struggles. And I hope that she has best friends to talk to about things, even our relationship. But I don't want it to be anything she couldn't talk to me about. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? You know? So, yeah, I absolutely hope that my partner is my best friend. And... In addition to our relationship, I hope she has her best friends that she can do whatever, you know, she wants to do with her friends and talk about whatever she wants to talk about. But in terms of my ability to know her and know everything about her and her to feel comfortable with her insecurities and fears and any, you know, because that's when you, when I think of a best friend, it's that person you always go to, to so can we talk or this is bothering me or I'm worried what everyone's going to say, but I know I can tell you and I know you'll listen and I know you'll hear me out and I know you won't make me feel judged and I know you'll support me. I feel like that's paramount in a relationship. Your partner has to be your best friend. And if you also have a friend, best friend, that's great. But I don't ever want, you know, as an engaged person or in any serious relationship or certainly married, you know, you, you and 
and your boyfriend are in a serious relationship, dated for a year, I'm assuming, right? And so I would feel uncomfortable uh, if my partner, uh, if I knew that there was things that they could tell their friend that they couldn't tell me. So it's like, well, what's stopping you from, what, am I doing something that's stopping you from feeling comfortable to tell me? Am I not creating a safe space? Are we not creating that safe space? Is that not the expectation we have set? And I think that happened. I mean, I think there's a lot of relationships out there that don't have that type of understanding. It's like, yeah, I mean, I tell you everything, but I don't tell you everything. I certainly don't tell you everything. It relates to like when I want to vent to my friends about you. It's just like, but shouldn't I be the person you eventually like open up to about this? You know, it's one thing if you're like, hey, you know, let's say Natalie and I were struggling with something and she wanted to talk to her friend about something because she wanted to talk to me about it. Like she might talk to her best friend first to get advice and then, you know, or I might talk to a friend you know, because it's like, oh, this, how do I approach this? But there's nothing I want. I don't want to want to tell someone else something that I'm dealing with or something that I want to share. I, I always want Natalie to be that first person. Totally. No, it's really interesting to think about you like know? how you define best friendship and like yeah. what that looks like. Because I think when I was thinking of best friend, a lot of the lens I was viewing it through was like this kind of like the person, like quality time, like not even like those times where like the best friend shows up for you because it's like a really vulnerable, like really difficult, tricky situation where you need someone who is just like not judgmental, who you can be really fucking vulnerable with. But like just that kind of like day to day buffoonery and hanging out and like having activities that you do together and See, having that's a history. Not best friend for me. That's like that's like most fun hang. But like the person who you, but the person no, but like who you do that lot, consistently yeah. with, like not like oh every now and well, then we can if, have a good if time. If that person is, to, again, yeah, you're right. This is a great question to on YouTube to comment in the in the comment section. Like, what does it mean to be a best friend to you? How do you value friends? But like, I just think, especially as you get older, really true friends are truly hard to find. Again, friends, you know, when you think of a best friend, I think you think, I mean, me. I think of someone who's like a family member, like a sibling, you know, someone who you're like, you know, for better or worse, will always be in each other's lives, you know? Yeah. And that doesn't mean that we won't have conflict or there won't be hurt and there won't be frustration. We won't be disconnected, but like we are a part of each other's lives. And when we deal with this shit, we will make it our effort and, and our energy to fix the problem. And that might take time or whatever. But to me, a best friend is, again, that person that you can count on. Like unconditional love. Uh, yes. And count on to talk to, count on to work through issues, count on to, you know, work through frustrations and through the good and the bad. The We hang out all the time. I mean, and, and that's great if that person is also someone you really enjoy their company and you hang out all the time and you're, you know, they're the person you spend the most time with. But that's not always the case, you know, and I would rather think of my best friends as people I can count on rather than people that I have fun with. It's great if it's both, but it's not always both. And to me, just me personally, I value my truest friends with the people I can count on. That, it, hearing you say that makes me think about the fact that I think sometimes, especially with like my best friends who are like long distance best friends who have like known me, who know my family, who just like can offer the most like amazing support and insight and like just like have all the contacts for like when I'm about to do some fuck shit they can be like whoa 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 we know what you're doing yeah and let's talk about it and I realize that like sometimes I can fall into the trap especially with these long distance ones of like 
going to like only having emotional conversations or like only having, you know, the kind of the intense in the weeds, the stuff that is like it is so special to be able to do this with you because it's really hard to find people you can trust with this. And I've actually realized like it's important to also save time for like the stupid little banter. Sure. I think when you're younger, people will mistakenly don't prioritize having friends who, you know, uh, help protect your character. You know, I know we've had some calls recently around that topic. So, yeah, speaking of calls around that topic, uh, we do have an update from our listener who was on the Raven episode, the the friend whose friend was cheating on her boyfriend and they, the four of them were going on a, um, a, a trip coming up um, and she wasn't sure if she should confront her friend or tell her tell the boyfriend. It was all this drama. We, we do have a very juicy update and that is now available behind Vile Files Plus, which is now available. It's now uh, live. We have a... A new update, uh, Ask Nick update on Vile Files Plus. We have all the Better Date Than Never episodes that we have recently dropped and will continue to drop. We have all the things that used to be on the Patreon, like the Bachelor recaps with all the women from my season, plus uh, some amazing uh, rom-com uh, recaps like The Notebook and uh, 10 Things I Hate About You and more to come. But we'll, you know, for all the people who love the uh, uh, Ask Nick updates, we'll be doing more and more updates behind Vile Files Plus. It's available now. It's six ninety nine. You can sign up for a whole year uh, and get two free months if you want. Uh, you get a seven-day free trial, so there's no reason not to just try it. Just try it, sign up. You can always cancel, whatevs. We'll be doing uh, weekly pop culture roundups for all the pop culture topics we don't get to, whether it's on uh, our recaps or our Going Deeper episodes. Uh, go to vilefiles.com to sign up. Uh, there's a tab. Uh, on the homepage, there'll be a subscribe button. There's also a tab that says Vile Files Plus. It's pretty straightforward. And you can listen to Vile Files Plus the same place that you listen to Vile Files. So whether... It's iTunes, if it's a- Apple, if it's Spotify, uh, whatever uh, podcast streaming platform you listen to our show, you can continue to listen to Vile Files Plus on. It's just a couple, two, like, couple step setup to click a couple buttons and away you go. So uh, check it out. Hey, all you cookers out there, if you aren't cooking with Caraway, then what the hell are you doing? Because Caraway is, has some of the best pots and pans and bakingware on the market. I have been cooking with Caraway for over two and a half years now. I got two sets of my own. I got these amazing cookie sheets. They're aesthetically pleasing. Gorgeous. Uh, they're wonderful. They're so easy to cook on. They're easy to clean. And the best part is, is they are not made with all the kind of crap that so many pots and pans are made with, especially your non-stick pans have so many like toxic materials in them like PFAs, PTFEs, PFOAs, but not Caraway. Caraway's high quality ceramic coated kitchenware is free of PTFEs such as Teflon, lead, and other toxic materials. Caraway Kitchens comes in a variety of chic shades and all sets include complimentary easy access storage solutions. Because nothing's worse than when you have like a mess in the pots and pans drawer and you have lids askew and like the Caraway set just like looks so cohesive and is very, it's so satisfying to open your cabinet and see like a well-organized, perfect like cookware set. I've been using Caraway before they were uh, a sponsor for this show. Long before they were a sponsor of the show. I love them. They're they're absolutely wonderful cookware. And I, I love to cook. I'll be a Caraway customer for a very, very long, long time. And you should be too. And it's not just me. Over 40,000 people have raved about their Caraway kitchen. And now it's time to try it for yourself. So visit carawayhome.com slash V-I-A-L-L to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive with our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash V-I-A-L-L or use code V-I-A-L-L at checkout. Caraway, 
non-toxic cookware made modern. All right, well, vitamins vitamins are important. There's a, they're a great way to supplement the nutrition that you need to live your best life. And the problem, I mean, if you're like anything like me, you often forget to take vitamins or you're not sure which vitamins are the ones you should take. Well, that's where Care Of comes in. Care Of, first of all, this makes it super and easy for you to take your vitamins. They ship high-quality vitamins that are personalized right to your door, and they also make it very easy for you to remember to take them. They're individually packaged, so everything you need to take that day is in a little pouch, and it comes stacked in like this really cute box that I just keep on my bathroom counter. So great. I, I pull it. one out a day. It has my name on it. It's really cute. They give you little like wellness challenges or tips on there. So one day it was like, please take a walk without any sort of technology and like leave your phone behind. Like little oh. like cute sayings and inspiration love that everyone is different especially when it comes to health needs and goals and that's why care of is here to make it easier than ever to stick to a vitamin routine personally tailored to your everyday wellness the awesome thing about care of is that they have a full quiz that you can take online so like i also ended up getting some collagen because i wanted the benefits both for like hair skin nails but also cognition and so their quiz kind of goes through it makes it really accessible you just kind of answer questions about your lifestyles there's any areas where you're looking for improvements uh and it at the end gives you a perfect like recommendation of all the various things they have care of makes it a priority to get you the highest quality ingredients and the in the most convenient way for 50 percent off your first care of order 50 percent off that's half for anyone who's bad at math oh Go my god take care and enter code VIALL50. That is 50% off your first care of order. And all you have to do is go to takecareof.com and enter code VIALL50. We also have a breakup song of the week. Now, thank you so much to everyone who submits. They're awesome. We have so many to go through. Um, this, I want to give a special shout out to this one because this is a song that I listened to, saved to my Spotify library, and have been listening to quite a bit over the last few days. It is very catchy and very like, it just hits right. So that song, it's called Bitter by the artist Fletcher. And the person who submitted this said, Hello, my breakup song of the week is Bitter by Fletcher. My ex-fiance cheated on me with a girl off Tinder, took money from me, and was emotionally abusive. After I moved out, I lived with my mom for a few months and then finally got my own apartment. Music by Fletcher felt so healing to me during that time. I was listening to her a ton last spring as I was restarting in my new life. So the lyric that she highlighted was, I know she's thinking that she found herself a winner. I know you fucked her on the counter right before you cooked her dinner. Bet you sugarcoat the truth. Bet you're real sweet with her. I know you think about me when you kiss her. I left a taste in your mouth. Can she taste me now? I'm bitter. And she. Damn. Yeah. It's a way. It's like. Fuck you, bet the kitchen counter. Oh my God. You cooked a dinner. It's, it's a great I gotta one. check out our playlist. Is, is, is it slapping? Yeah. It's slapping. And it's slapping. Also, we know we do. A, we have our breakup song of the week playlist, which we adore and love. But for March Madness, we are going to go in the other direction. We're going to do some love songs. So stay tuned. We are going to be doing our very own bracket. We will have polls in the Instagram story where you can vote for your favorite love songs and see the way they advance. Um, so stay tuned because all the details on how to submit to that will be upcoming. Uh, and we're so excited to see all the various songs and which love song will be the champion. And don't forget also on Thursday, another amazing episode of Better Date Than Never live. It's so fun. You got to check it out. Obviously, you're able to listen to it now on Biofiles Plus. If you 
if you're not available at that time. But if you haven't checked it out, it is a super fun, interactive the chat. Uh, show. The chat's amazing. Basically, the whole show is this like sex conversations and people telling their stories and us responding to them. Uh, but, you, you know, uh, we, we bring callers up. Uh, you get to hang out with us. It's it's like being in the same room with us. So check it out. Available on the AMP app. It's free to download. Search my name. Subscribe. Super easy and fun. Hope to see you there. Let's get to our callers. What's your time with Nick? Let's ask Nick your sexy questions. How's it going? Hi, I'm Kate. I'm 23 and I think I'm being a fuckboy and I need to know how to stop. Okay. Why do you think you're being a fuckboy? So I have been seeing someone recently and I, in my mind, it was pretty casual. And in his mind, I think it was a little bit more serious. And I had been kind of clear that I've been seeing other people along with seeing him and dating pretty casually. And at some point, a couple weeks ago, he asked if we could be exclusive. And I said, I don't think I want to do that right now. He brought it up again more recently. And it was one of the things where I just not in that mindset right now, which is not normal for me. Normally, I'm very much a relationship person, very dialed in on one person. And I just not really sure why now I'm in this mindset, why I'm interested in keeping my options open and just would be interested to hear another opinion yeah. on this. Situation. I mean, well, you're only 23. So there's that you're young. Uh, what's your relationship history? Like how many serious relationships have you been in? I have been in two serious relationships. One was three years long from around 16 to 19. And the other was about a year and a half, about 20 to 22 ish. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're young, you're out there, you're dating. Post-college, are you post-college? Post yeah, yeah. post-college. I feel like post-college in this kind of climate that we're in or in 2023 is like, it's a whole nother phase of, of almost like childhood in a way. I don't necessarily think that's just a good thing. Just trying to explore, figure Yeah, I mean, like out. on some level, I think we have just gotten, we have, it, we, we have lowered our expectations of ourselves or of adulthood. I mean, whether good or bad, it's just, it is what it is for better or for worse. Uh, when we get out of college, we don't know what we want to do and we give ourselves the freedom to try new things and, you know, listen, that's fine. That's okay. Right. I think the, the big thing is recognizing what you want, right? You want to play the field and that's good. That sounds like you try to set some up for expectations, but whether you've been in this situation or not, but like, you know what it's like, maybe, I don't know. Do you know what it's like to like someone a little bit more than you feel like they like you? Oh, absolutely. I feel like I've only been in relationships where I have like the other person more. Yeah. Um, and I almost feel like since this person I've been seeing likes me more, I've put my guard up a little bit more. So it's just trying to, I want to give it a chance and such, but the fact that he likes me more, I definitely don't want to hurt him. And I'm really, so you want to give him, you want to get to know him more. Yes. But I also feel like he has stopped getting to know me. I feel like he's at the point where he's like, okay. Very invested. He's decided he and liked you. Yeah. Well, we've been friends for a bit. Okay. Um, but we hadn't ever, it was all surface level friendship. It wasn't anything much deeper than that. And I, I've really struggled with him communicating and 
not just communicating boundaries. I've been pretty clear about that, but just in general, asking about days and in depth about that and getting to know each other on a deeper level than just friendship. Okay. Have you communicated that with him? Yes. And I think he also is aware that it's an issue, but it's, I I'll, I just know I have my walls up because he likes me more. Okay. Well, you have, I think, a couple options, right? And listen, if there's nothing wrong with you wanting to play the field, right? Mm-hmm. I just think you immediately become a fuck boy when you keep fucking around with someone you know likes you more than you like them. Because mm-hmm. there's an unequal power dynamic, you know, things like that. And so you know that he likes you more than you like them. If you want to keep dating around, if you want to not be a fuckboy, I think you have to stop fucking around with him, you know? But you're also saying you want to keep dating him a little bit. And so that's yeah. where, that's where, like, the fuckboy doesn't want to make tough choices. The fuckboy wants mm-hmm. to have their cake and eat it too, so to speak, right? Which is what you want to do. You want to keep getting to know him but not necessarily commit to him because you're not sure about him. And in the meantime, while you get to know him, you want to be open to saying yes to whatever might come. Reasonable. However, it's also selfish. And fuckboys are selfish. So you just have to decide for yourself, do you want to be selfish to the point where it affects other people? How much do you want to confuse someone or hurt their feelings or make them so emotionally invested that they start calling their mom and their friends and getting all fucked up about you? You're only 23. You can, you can say to him, listen, here are my concerns. Here's how I feel about you. I'm going to be totally upfront and honest. I feel like you're a little bit more into me than I'm into you. You could say that. That's pretty harsh, but it's direct. Uh, you could say part of my reservations are we've known each other for a while and like you say you like me and, and you want to hang out, but like I, I don't feel like you're really trying to get to know me. I don't feel like we're really connecting. I don't think we're building anything emotionally. So like I don't. Like, if you actually want to do this, I need that from you. You can decide to not be sure about someone and you can give it a shot. You've heard me probably, if you listen to the show, use that kind of like, we just have to like press play on Netflix. You know, everyone's around looking for the perfect preview. You can press play on a movie. You can decide in the first five minutes, you know what? It hasn't captured my attention. I'm going to just end it. You can stop dating other people for a few weeks and and invest your time in, in, into him. And after a month or a few weeks, you, you can go back to saying like, it's not really working for me. I'm just, I don't want to do this anymore. And yeah, you might have to have an awkward conversation and you know, a tear might come down his face or whatever. That's the most selfless and mature thing to do, which most of us nowadays don't choose to do. We'll make excuses for ourselves and we'll things like, well, I told him, I told him I don't want to hang out. You've probably been that person. You hear people listen to that show. Why do they act like my boyfriend and girlfriend if they don't want to be my boyfriend and girlfriend? And guarantee you every time you say yes to him or you do something with him, he's all like, yeah, we're like, we're acting like boyfriend and girlfriend. So it must mean she likes me or, or shit like that. So you just have to try to empathize with him and put him, put yourself in his shoes. Need a doctor? Well, ZocDoc has you covered because ZocDoc is making it so easy for people to find a doctor that is available, that is highly rated, and takes your insurance, which is so hard to find these days. For many of us young adults out there, young professionals, maybe you don't have a primary care physician and all of a sudden something pops up and you're like, I should get that checked out. But then we don't know where to go or who takes our insurance, it just becomes this big inconvenient mess. Usually I feel like you have to wait months to get in. And for me, I wanted to go to the dentist. I had a new insurance policy. So I was trying to figure out a place that was like 
would have available appointments. And the awesome thing about ZocDoc is like you put in your insurance, it gives you a list of providers, shows you on a map exactly where they are. I was able to find someplace that is like a convenient drive that had appointments readily available. And of course, like the paranoid part of me was like, if they have so much availability, are they solid? And the great thing is that there's apps or there's reviews literally in ZocDoc. So I could see like all of the reviews that patients had shared. They had 4.92 stars and it was just a really positive experience. It took all the stress and potential like procrastination points out of finding a provider. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors that are patient reviewed, take your insurance and are available when you need them and treat almost every condition under the sun. Such an incredible app. It's free to use. There's no reason not to go ahead and download ZocDoc now. So if you need a doctor today, go to ZocDoc.com slash V-I-A-L-L and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That is Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash V-I-A-L-L. ZocDoc.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Mabel, hey, just it's amazing what you can do with just 10 minutes a day. You know, if you invested 10 minutes a day on something, you can kind of accomplish anything. And when it comes to learning a new language, that's what Babbel's talking about. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson. So you could start having real life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. So if you are someone who wants to start learning a new language, maybe you took like a Spanish in high school or college and it got away from it and you, you know, maybe you have a new life goal, Babbel can help you freshen up and then exceed where you were. Maybe you're going on a trip, going, you're going to Europe, maybe you're going to Asia, maybe you're going to Mexico, and you want to you know, just freshen up on the language of that country. I'll tell you what, as someone who's traveled internationally, just knowing a few key words can make that trip far more enjoyable. And you'll hear that from locals, because I think with other language learning apps, it's all AI-based, or it's just, it doesn't have that personalized touch. And with language, it's like you're learning, hopefully, to be able to like communicate. Babbel is the language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Wowee, that's a lot. And thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can feel confident no matter where the new year takes you. Within the Babbel app, they have games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash V-I-A-L-L. That is Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash V-I-A-L-L for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. On that lines, if I do tell him that I'm going to stop dating people just to really invest in that, is he going to take that as a, a little too far, do you think? Depends on how you communicate, you know? Okay. You say, hey, listen, like, I'm trying to have a more, like, enlightened and, and a more mature approach to dating. And so I, I think you could just say, in general, I think two people can commit to getting to know each other without taking the, the moment for granted. I don't want to play house with you. I don't want to plan a future with you. And I don't even know if I'm ready for a honeymoon phase with you. I just like, no, I, I, I care about you and like you and I see potential with us. And I like how you make me feel about me because I know you like me. And so I'm willing to explore that. But what I need from you is X, Y, or Z. And just be upfront what you need to grow because you're not saying yes to not seeing other people because you're obsessed or infatuated with him. You're saying that you want to focus on this relationship because you are unsure, but you, mm -hmm. what you want to do for yourself, for the relationship and for him is to not waste anyone's time. And the easiest way and most efficient way of not wasting others' time 
is to focus your energy when it comes to dating and relationships on a singular thing. Because you can just say, all right, well, it's distracting to, you know, you start comparing or whatever. And it's just like, what am I comparing? What am I comparing? How I feel, like all these different variables, like, you know, comparing dates doesn't really help you figure out what's best for you because you never really know what you, how, how you might be triggered or what, you know, is it like the sex or is it physical attraction? Has it how they make you feel emotionally? Is it how they communicate? Like, and then all of a sudden you're just like trying to piecemeal a boyfriend together. It gets real. And that's when you really are a fuck boy because fuck boys will do shit like that. So you just have to like yeah. stay grounded and, and be disciplined and, and say to yourself, all right, I'm going to give this a few weeks and see where it goes. And then I'm going to check in with myself a few weeks later. And then I'm going to check in with him after I check in with myself. Do I like to how it's going? Do I feel more connected? Do I feel less connected? And then whatever you decide with yourself, then you relay that to him and you see where it goes. And at any point you can say, this isn't working for me. You know, I've tried. But when you make a decision, you have to hold firm with your decision. Don't do the whole thing. Like, I'm not sure. So like, I just need some space, but like, you can still call me and we can still fuck a little, you know, it's just like you have to make decisive decisions for yourself and for him. That's what a fuckboy wouldn't do. And fuckboys do yeah. all the things we're talking about. Just like, you know, say just enough so they don't feel bad. I think that normally I am very decisive. And one of the reasons why I am kind of trying to keep one foot out the door right now is I do, in general, I have a bit of a fear of commitment. But the reason why I've been able to be in such successful, long term relationships in the past was because I was just so obsessed with the person that I wasn't, the fear of commitment didn't really matter. And so now that I'm not having that obsession, I definitely feel it more. And also I've been experimenting, to be honest, with my sexuality a little bit and trying to figure out dating men and women or non-binary people. While this is a really important person in my life and I always thought that we'd be really good together and it just kind of ended up being wrong. It feels like the wrong time right now because I'm trying to explore my sexuality. And and that's okay. It makes perfect sense committing to them and not wasting anyone's time. But I'm just curious too because normally I feel like people who call in are on the other side of wrong right person wrong time and yeah. i'm just curious on your thoughts where i think it could be the right person but it doesn't feel like it's the right time so maybe it's me. just not the right person yeah maybe he's a really good option and you know maybe in the future he will be the right person but like right right mm-hmm. person wrong time just means they're just not the right person in my book that's just because you don't know what time is going to bring the situation. You know, you're exploring things right now, right? So part of exploring is finding out who you are and what you like and, and your perspective might completely change on what you value in a partner. And right now your values are one way. And as you go through this kind of exploratory period of your life, those values might change or they might not. And he might change, you know, almost you are both going to change over time. So instead of obsessing Mm -hmm. over like, well, if I don't do this now, I might miss out. Well, you're not going to miss out on anything. You're both going to change on some level. And if you realize the way you change never brings you together, then that's your answer. You you don't need to sit there and and feel down on yourself. And you got to remember that life, life is long type of thing. And what I mean by that is usually what happens is these situations, let's say you go through this, let's say you're going to decide to like not try it, like you're just like, I like you, but 
more than anything, I really feel like I want to explore myself and I really want to get out there and I want to try different things. So you say, hey, listen, as much as I like you and as much as I think this could be something, more than anything, it would be selfish of me to invest in you. So like not right now, but that means you have to cut things off with him. You can't give in. You can't give in to your boredom or weakness or the comfort of having him around, especially when you want to feel good about yourself and you know he'll probably do that. That would be a selfish thing to do to allow him to love on you, knowing that like you're just doing it, you know, for more of an ego purposes because in, in things like that. So you, you let him know, like, listen, I really care about you, but right now I don't want to take advantage of how you feel versus how I feel. And so I think we should stop this. You know, you can leave the door open, you know, for the future. I wouldn't make any promises or things like that because you never really know. But let's say you do that, right? And a year goes by and all of a sudden you, you know, you see him on the gram or whatever and he's looking good and like, and you're just like, wow, what is, what is he up to? And then you realize he has a girlfriend and you're going to get bummed and you're going to get sad and you're going to have these feelings of regret. Oh, I should have done this. And nah, nah, like, listen, like you don't know who he is at this point. You don't even know who he's dating. He could be dating her and break up with her in six months. You know what I'm saying? And then you just don't know what life is going to bring you. And we always react to situations as if like, you know, when disappointment happens, we act like the world is static in a way that nothing else is going to change. And that this disappointment I feel in this moment is going to like last forever. But the truth is like, he's going to keep changing. She's going to keep changing. You're going to keep changing. And that change might eventually bring you guys back together two years from, from now or never again. But I'm certain that whatever happens, most likely over time, you're not going to be sitting here being like, yeah, he's the one who got away. You know, like you're just not going to have that much regret about this guy because the time that passes and the way things just play out will give you the answers that you need to move on. You know what I'm saying? Like, and unless you decide to really beat yourself up and you're having some sort of pity party, like anyone can make themselves re- feel real bad about a situation. You know what I'm saying? Like if you were like, I'm in my feels and I just want to make myself feel worse, I'm going to keep telling myself that I'll never find a guy like him and he was the one and I really fucked up a year ago and blah, blah, blah. But like, that's just not true. You can convince ourselves of that, but it's just not true. And I just think we just have to be open to the possibility that life happens, feelings come and go, situations change. And when it feels truly right, that means we'll want to do something about it. And we will want to make those sacrifices and make those priorities. And it won't feel like a big kind of compromise. And it won't feel like you're really giving up a part of who you are or things that you really need to do to like, you know, be the best version of yourself to whoever it is you want to love on. You know what I'm saying? So I think some of these fears that you have are temporary fears. And I think it sounds to me like deep down, you know what you want to do. You're just afraid of what, um, you're, you're afraid of what it might cost you. A really good guy and some potential. I just think that really good guy and that potential will be available to you if it needs to be. And if it's not, then there's a reason why. I was just going to say, like, speaking to kind of like the exploring and like kind of like wanting to do a little bit more like diving and expressing curiosity for like the way you identify. Like, I've found that this like the second I broke up with my long term boyfriend, I was like, OK, finally, like because I knew there was something going on. But it was like it's it's weird for like me personally. I just found it really challenging to be fully emotionally like honest with myself, especially before I like had like a strong sense of like 
confidence within that identity. And I was just like dating a man being like, okay, I think I'm pretty sure I'm also queer, but I don't know. Like, And so I think in terms of just like setting yourself up in an environment where you can actually kind of like uncover and listen to yourself, like I do think even if you're like, okay, well, we're not exclusive, like we're open. I still think like sometimes just like having that presence of like, you know, there's so many ways that this is like uh, the society like defaults to heterosexuality. And so I personally found that like it wasn't really possible to fully explore queerness while in the context of a relationship, not even necessarily to find one that was heterosexual. And then the other thing I would throw out there is just like a, something that I learned was when I was like casually hooking up with someone when I first moved to L.A., and was sort of like, you know, like I also would like to date more women, et cetera. He at the time was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm OK with you hooking up with girls like we were exclusive. But he was like, you can hook up with women. And at the time I was like, OK, I know this is a little fucked up, but it's giving me everything I want. And the more I've reflected on that, the more I've you know, and I knew at the time, like all my I was start, like all my all my friends are lesbians. And they were like, that's re- like that's delegitimizing queer sex. Like, you know, like that's saying, oh, this is actually like a separate different thing. And like. Sure, you can say, oh, no, he just meant that it's different, not the same. But it's like it's also he clearly does not feel threatened in that way. Like that is saying that it is like not as legitimate. And so I would just say like from my many muddled experiences of like dating men while also trying to like sort out queerness, I think any kind of like space you can give yourself to like be really listening to yourself because it's confusing enough already. Like just trying with just you in the picture. Like I found it was like. There's a lot of questions and there's all these things where you're like, oh, I got to think through this. It's changing everything up. And so I think it's a really cool opportunity to kind of just like really give yourself space to listen. And also, I would just be very wary of if you do end up like continuing to see this guy, but you also want to like date queer people. Like I would just be very upfront about that because I think there's a lot of something that like I'm very aware of and have definitely been a perpetrator of bad behavior. And like am continually trying to work on is like not being like a queer woman who uses kind of like the privilege of like dating a man while then also like kind of getting to like dip my toes into queerness just because I think a lot of like especially lesbians have had really negative experiences around like women who weren't fully emotionally available and were dating men so that's sorry that was a huge ramble but basically give yourself space and do whatever feels good to you that makes sense that can definitely relate on a lot of those points I feel like deep down you want to explore things and you're just afraid of his potential yeah, and you're afraid of losing his potential. I'm, I am upset because we originally started seeing each other after a drunken hookup, and so I wouldn't have originally explored this relation. I wouldn't have let this blossom into what it was at this time if I wasn't drunk. Um, well, so, why, I mean, I, so like you're so ba- solely based on the fact that you guys had sex, you feel like you owe it to yourself to explore a relationship with him. No, not based on that, but just at that point, he got really excited. And then we started going on dates. That's when it took the turn from being friends to something else. And I did try to be clear with him that I wasn't looking for a relationship, even if it was with someone that I'm very close with at this time. And it just kind of escalated before I could take control of it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he's excited. He likes you. Worst things in the world. It's, just, it's tough. Yeah. It's- and that's why I feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, well-intentioned fuckboys are still fuckboys. And those are usually the hardest ones to get over because they mean well. You mean well, you know? You care about them, sex with them you like. There's a lot of good things. And there's a lot of reasons, well, I'm sure if you kept the door open that you would keep wanting to, like, 
walk through it from time to time. But you also feel a part of you that knows that you really can't give him what he deserves and what you would want to deserve from someone else. Knowing that the right thing to do is to just be upfront with them and let them know, not make, and don't breadcrumb them or leave them on a hook. Just let them know that like, it's just not the right time for you. But I wouldn't say more than that. I wouldn't say maybe in the future, yada, yada, yada. Like if it's going to play out, you'll find your way back to one another. You can always reach out to him and be vulnerable and say, hey, would you reconsider giving me another shot, you know, and give him an opportunity to feel a bit more in control and powerful and, 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 you know, you can always give him that in the future. But the right thing to do is to cut him off if that's what, if you, if you want to explore things. And again, at any point you could say, hey, I want to give it a shot, but don't do it out of guilt. Don't do it to be nice. Don't do it f- even for yourself if it's just like, you don't, you don't owe it to yourself to give this guy a chance just because you're it's just like, well, it's the first guy who just done X, Y, or Z. Like, if you don't want it, you don't want it, you know? And you exploring desires at this point in your life at 23, I think will serve you well and make you a better partner for whatever, whoever that person is. Try to do the right thing, even if it's hard and awkward and, and, Ask yourself, am I doing this because I feel bad or am I doing this because ultimately I'm being a little selfish? You know, people love to convince themselves that they're doing something because they feel bad, but at the end of the day, they just don't want to have to give things up. They want to take advantage of the power that they have, even if they don't want to admit to themselves they have it. Well, and I knew I was being selfish. I even told him that at one point. Um, and sometimes we say that to people because then we tell people oh, I'm being selfish because we want to hear those people give us permission to be selfish. Oh, I know I'm yeah. being selfish and they can say, well, it's okay. I mean, thanks for sharing, you know, like I just, Oh, he uh, definitely did not say it was okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It was com- just conflicting trying to figure out. I really do like him sure. and it's, I just felt pulled in two different directions. At any point, you can change your mind. And again, if he, if he's all, if he changes his mind after the fact, there's nothing to regret. He didn't like. If you, a month from now, you let's say you pit, hang up the phone, you reach out, you know, follows up and like, hey, listen, you deserve more than me. And right now, I'm just, I think we should stop hanging out. And I'm saying this because I do care about you and like you, but like, I know I need to explore this, and I don't want to keep coming back and forth. So like, I just, I don't want this, and I'm not, I'm not doing it just for you. I'm doing it for me too. And so he gets really upset. And three weeks from now, you're like, fuck, what? I miss him. And let's say in only three weeks or a month, you go back to him, and he's just like, nah, I'm good. Well. That's again, he didn't like you. It's, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he's still yes. exploring how he feels about you and his feelings, regardless of what you do can still drastically change. And so it doesn't do us any good to sit there and rewrite history or beat ourselves up because, you know, like if in a month he's moved on from you, then he definitely didn't like you enough today. If he was calling in right now, what would you tell him? Well, I mean, it also depends on how much about what you're saying I would know. But if he was just like, I really like this girl, I put myself out there, I try to define the relationship, but like she, I would just tell him to like, stop it, you know, don't accept less than what you think you deserve. You know, I would tell him to like, make it clear that you really want to explore it. I would say the same thing. Like, hey, you can try it out. You can always change your mind, but like, don't make excuses for her. Don't give in to boredom. Don't give in to like, you know, making yourself available to her at her convenience isn't going to get her to like you or respect you. 
it will just get you some like a little bit more sex and you'll feel a little less bored. It won't make her want to invest more in you. Is some version of that I would say to him. Well, good luck. Uh, Thank you. I'll need it. We uh, we definitely would like an update from you uh, in a couple weeks. Even if that update is simply just no real update. Hey, you know, I cut things off or I didn't cut things off. I really want an update on what what conversation, what your next conversation with him is. And we would love to follow your journey if you would be so kind. I'll do my best. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your time. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm William and I'm 44. How can we help William? My current girlfriend's ex-husband is dating my ex-girlfriend and I'm still technically married and there are kids involved and there's a lot of mess to it. Okay. Very convoluted. All right. That's uh, very confusing. Yeah. Are you confused every time you say it? I am very confused every time I say it. All yes. right. So let's, let's, let's vet die. So you, you're, you're still married. You have an ex-wife. Is she actively involved in this, or that's just uh, a data point? Well, that's interesting you say that because uh, my now ex-girlfriend reached out to me uh, about a year ago and said that my ex-wife was trying to link up with my current girlfriend's ex-husband. You separated from your wife, you're going through a divorce, and in, in that period, you got a mm-hmm. girlfriend, broke up with her, and now you have another girlfriend? Yep. Okay. Correct. Yes. And, yeah, I was and, married for seventeen years. Okay. And then the fact that you're still technically divorced is that just because these shit, this shit takes time? Is there anything other than like legal bullshit that's delaying this divorce? She won't sign the papers. Um, she knows that she left me and my kids, and so she's gonna have to pay a lot. And she makes more than double what I make, so she's not willing to sign any paperwork. So uh, it's just kind of we're kind of in purgatory. Now. How does that work? Can people just like refuse to get divorced to you? I think so. Yeah. I, so I, on my birthday, actually of all days, I went down to, and I got the paperwork done and I handed it to her in person and she signed off on it that she got it, but nothing, she didn't sign it. She said she had a lawyer and she does not have a lawyer. And I don't have a lawyer because I can't afford a lawyer because I raised two teenage kids by myself. So that's part of the problem as well i think is that i don't have anybody behind me to help me move the process along quicker and there's just like nothing you can do yep all right well sorry about that that sucked i reached out to lawyers you know no it is it's it is what it is but what do you, you reach out to lawyers or what do they say um so they've, they've told, all told me the same thing it's just the 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 fact of the money that uh it costs to get a retainer fee is incredibly expensive and so i just don't have anybody or any enough money to do it myself so um i'm trying to save up for it okay. and my ex-wife soon be ex-wife is just just kind of just floating along and not paying anything and you know making things difficult for me and for my kids okay yep. so that aside you separated from your ex-wife you got a girlfriend then you guys mm-hmm. broke up and how did that breakup go? Amicable-ish or toxic? Or how would you, re- on a scale of one to 10, 10 being super toxic, we hate each other. One being like, hey, we just realized we're not a match, but we're still friends. How would you rank that breakup? My thought was it was amicable. Um, I would have said like around probably like a five or six, but okay. I also was kind of going through a mess. You know, I was, as you would say, kind of a fuck boy for a little while. I was dating her. She wanted to date seriously. I wasn't really ready for that. And I kept telling her I wanted to go day by day. 
Um, I, I had so much going on with my ex-wife that I didn't want to like, uh-huh. you know, put my business out there for everybody to know. So I didn't, we didn't go out in public. We didn't see each other like that. Um, and so after a while, like we started getting into fights and arguments and I was like, I just can't do this anymore. And so I broke it off with her, which I thought was amicable. And she, she said it was amicable. So then a couple of weeks, weeks later go by and she texted me and she was like, Hey, um, I still need to tell you, but it has to be in person. And I was like, can we do this on, you know, over the phone by text? And she's like, no, it has to be in person. Like come to my house. I didn't want to go. I knew it was a bad decision. Um, my friends were like, don't go, but I wanted to hear her out and see what she had to say. And so I went to her house and she was like, Hey, just to let you know, your ex-wife was having an affair. I found this out recently that she's having an affair with a friend of yours for like a while. And so at that point I was pretty numb to the situation. It didn't, you know, I'd heard a lot of stuff over a long period of time. So I, uh, I just was like, all right, cool. And like, I left and kind of just left it there. And I thought things were amicable, but then when she found out about a month later that I started talking to my now current girlfriend, who is fantastic, that she started spreading rumors that we were, you know, we were talking the whole time and that I knew I didn't even know this one until like a, a ways after I broke up with my ex-girlfriend. So like, we're all in the same business. So it's, it makes things really difficult, you know? Gotcha. So you started dating your neuro and then, and then what's the other connection? His, her, your current girlfriend's ex is now dating your ex. Yes. So the night we had this big event, like, and so I went to the event with my girl and that was like the first time we had kind of publicly been seen together, right? Like we didn't put anything on social media. We were very quiet about everything. Um, and my ex-girlfriend was there and a bunch of people went out afterwards. And then she reached out to my girlfriend's ex-husband. They kind of know each other a little bit. Um, and then they just started like hanging out all the time in public, letting everybody know, you know, they're quote unquote together and that, you know, that I was a bad person. You know, it was, it was a mess. And at one point your ex-wife was also interested in your ex-girlfriend's ex-husband or your current girlfriend's ex-husband. Yes. So my ex. So both your ex-wife and your ex-girlfriend are interested in the same guy who is your girlfriend's (laughs) ex-husband. I, I want to protect, you know, like, yeah. I don't need to know yeah. specific details. I don't want, you know, no, no, this is okay. anonymous, but like, wh- what is the relationship where you're right. all this close? Like, are you all work for the same company? Like, why is it so incestual-ish? It feel, you know, like, why is it like wife <laughs> well, swapping kind of energy? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're in the real estate business and the, my, my girlfriend and my ex-girlfriend are parts you know that are that are not in real estate but that relate to real estate so we've kind of like known each other and the funny thing is is my ex-girlfriend came to my surprise 40th birthday party um because we were friends and so at the time we were married both married and um so then when my wife and i separated ex-wife and i separated she actually reached out to my ex and was like hey i need to buy a house you know can you help me with this and that and then she's like oh hey i heard that so-and-so is single can you hook us up and so, like, that's how it kind of got to that point. Well, how are your kids involved in this drama? Because, I mean, I understand you got some drama with your ex-wife, but your ex-girlfriend and your current girlfriend aren't, aren't parents to either of your kids. Like, why? How is your ex-girlfriend inserting herself into your kids' life and your parenting life, so to speak? Uh, not necessarily so much now. Um, before she was really pushing, like trying to reach out a lot to them. 
one, it's a former relationship that I wasn't really comfortable with at the time. So now there's no communication with them at all. Like there's nothing like she's not causing any problem with, with my kids right now. She's causing problems with my girlfriend's kids. Uh, and then how so I feel like it's like my fault. Um, just bringing her kids around them and um, like they're meeting up at places. I know it sounds really stupid, but like they're meeting, they're meeting up and trying to force the kids together. So then when the kids come back home, they're really upset about it. And, you know, I feel bad because I feel like it's kind of my fault because if I didn't date her per se, then, then these people wouldn't be involved. I know it'd be, it probably would be somebody else, but I feel like it's my fault. Well, I mean, I don't know all the details. I mean, it's not really your fault if you're just trying to date. I just find in situations like this, is I think we all just love drama a little bit more than we like to admit. And my guess is, is that everyone is, is playing a role in this drama. And I think everyone's not doing their best to just kind of walk away from the drama. Because even if you're responding to the drama, you're a part of the drama. And I think if, if you and your current girlfriend really want to, if you're really just thinking when it's just the two of you, hey, this is a good thing here. Like, we like each other. There's a lot of potential here. Uh, we both have a past. Your, your current girlfriend has an ex-husband as well, yes? Yes. Yeah. So you yes, both come with some quote unquote baggage. It can get messy. Feelings can be complicated. You have a tight community. A lot of people know each other. So you could sit down with her because she, right now, as far as you're concerned, your only real priority is your current girlfriend. You know, I, I understand that you have shit to deal with with your ex-wife and, you know, obviously that's a priority to figure out how you can finalize a divorce. But in terms of your like current dating life, your only priority is your current girlfriend. So that's the only person you really need to be talking to. And that's the person you need to focus yeah. on being on the same page. But I just want to make sure your conversations are more about how you two can avoid the drama rather than how you two should respond to the drama. In most of these cases, a lot of times we get sucked in and we will talk about how we should respond. Well, how you should say something to her or you should say something to him and, and we should say something to them. And you're just, you're, again, you're feeding into the monster and the machine and you can do that. And you know, it's important sometimes to stand up for ourselves and it's important to say, to, to not let people disrespect us or our partners. But you got to ask yourself, is it really moving the needle? Do I really need to bring this up? And I think if you and your current girlfriend sat down and said like, hey, we got a good thing here. Uh, we like where it's going. Let's just not feed into it. Let's not respond. Let's just go out of our way to avoid these people as much as possible. It won't always be possible because we're connected within our community. Just ignore them as much as you can. Throughout my life, I've been involved in friend drama a lot. And it, it can't, like, we do that. We're just like, we respond to it. We say we're frustrated. We say we're tired of it. But at the end of the day, we're we're choosing to participate in it. And I think as adults, we sometimes conveniently will ignore or not acknowledge that at any moment we could just choose not to like involve ourselves in this. Like most of the drama that we are involved in in our adult lives when it comes to friend groups is drama that we are choosing to be a part of. We can at any point say, you know what? I don't need this. I don't need to be involved. I am focused on what matters. I'm going to focus on my job or my kids or my wife or my girlfriend. And I don't, need, I don't need to respond to this. I don't need to quote unquote stand up for myself. And I, I don't need to be offended. 
I, I, it's not the, you know, I don't need to respond because of the principle of things. We come up with all these excuses of why we should insert ourselves in drama. And I think we can always choose to not be involved. And I just wonder if you and your, your current girlfriend just kind of make a pact of how can we, again, not be involved as opposed to having conversations about how to react. And then, you know, it's natural to want to, you'll, you'll be frustrated. So it's going to come up. And then you should ask each other, you know, how we should support each other. So when it does come up, we'll remind the other person to like not, you know, like, hey, babe, we're challenging each other not to talk about them. We're challenging each other not to like go down rabbit holes because we could do that, right? Sometimes it's fun to talk shit about people. So you go out with your partner, you go out to dinner and you spend the next 15 or 20 minutes just venting with each other about how much you think what Sally did is fucked up. And then you had a whole nice meal of agreeing with your partner, but all you really did is just talk shit about someone and get emotionally invested in drama that's not like advancing your relationship. You're just like bonding over a mutual like disdain for someone else. And I think that only goes so yeah. far. I think we, we don't give ourselves enough credit to like not be involved in drama. Yeah, that makes sense. And we, and we, we don't actually like um, feed into it. Like, so a lot of times like the kids, her kids will come home and like just say things that they're hearing from their father and we don't respond to it. Like not me, I'm not saying me. like she doesn't respond to it because it's not my, I'm on that position. It's not my kids. Uh, she doesn't respond to it. Um, and it just caused which I think is good. And we have that conversation a lot of like, Hey, you don't, don't respond. It's not worth it. Like, you know, kind of let it go. And that's, I think we bounce off each other really well with that. So it sure. helps a lot. Like that we both understand the situation, but we're all mature enough to say, listen, we don't need to respond to that. And they're just trying to push buttons and we don't need that. Do you have any relationship with him? No, I don't have any relationship with him. No. I mean, I've, I've seen him around, but we don't talk or anything. How um, recent is their I separation? Have no issues with him. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've been separated for about a year. Is she not on good terms with her ex? Been about a year and a half. They are not on good terms, no. no. Why? Very similar to like my situation. Um, we're both basically raising kids by ourselves uh they're not helping support anything they're just kind of go out basically they didn't want to be married anymore and they wanted to live that free lifestyle i'm not having responsibilities sure and so uh we i'm here with my two teenage kids um you know being a full-time parent trying to work trying to maintain a relationship you know and not really getting any help what are some of the things her kids are saying not anything really negative per se about my ex, about my girlfriend. It's more of like, they want us to come over. We don't want to go over. The dad knows it. They get there. It's awkward. Her, my ex-girlfriend's kids are younger and they're out of control. So they're kind of violent and it's just a really bad situation. And that was the reason why I broke it off. One of the part of the reasons why I broke it off with my ex was because I didn't like what I thought the future was going to be with her and then with her situation with her children was like, I can't do this, you know, with, with her anymore. Her, how she parented her kids. Yeah. The way she parents her kids. Yes. Gotcha. Like they scream at her, they yell at her, they but, hit her, they swear to her. They're, they're like, they're little kids and they should not be doing that. Your ex girlfriend has kids. Your current girlfriend has kids. You yes. have kids. And right now your ex girlfriend and her kids are sometimes interacting with your current girlfriend's kids because She's dating your current girlfriend's ex-husband. Yes. And how, yeah. how old are her kids? Your current but girlfriend's I will say, kids. Like, my relationship with my girlfriend is great. That's good. Yeah. Uh, they are uh, 13, 
13, 13 and 10. And we actually get along great. Like my kids love my girlfriend and her kids love me. Like we get along really, really well. I think that the other side sees that and is trying to force it on everybody. And it's not really working because they're forcing it. And it's not natural, I, I think. Yeah. I mean, listen, all you can do, like it's some of this, spite, yeah, like. some of this you can't avoid, right? I mean, some of it is just like, I think you and your current girlfriend just have to do your very best to be the bigger person. And when it comes to your kids and her kids, I think you just kind of have to have like high level conversations about leading with love and not saying anything if you don't have anything nice to say, like some of those basic lessons. And when they come home and and start pre spreading gossip and drama, you know, they're just kids so that they don't realize that. But maybe it's just an opportunity to talk about, hey, like we're just... You know, if you have a story about like kindness and love, like that's good to share. But like, if you're just kind of talking crap, we maybe we don't need to have that conversation. Obviously, you wanna you want everyone to feel safe to coming to come to your parents if that your if your kids feel like there's something unhealthy or toxic going on. As kids, you know, we all gossiped, we all talk shit. You know, I remember being a, on the playground and gossiping. You know, and so this is maybe an opportunity to teach them to avoid that and 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 not get sucked into that, but. I think it's so easy to get sucked into friend drama, even as adults. And it's so easy to justify talking about it with our partners. And it's so easy to do that, that I think every day you can't, we have to remind ourselves, you know what, this isn't productive. Let's change the topic. Us venting to each other is just keeping us in this. If you don't give them stuff to talk about, they'll have a harder and harder enough thing to talk about. The less you respond, the less... Uh, ammunition and give them the bus you know you just kind of ignore them as much as you can and just don't feed in the monster and eventually they'll get bored you know maybe a lot of this has to do because it's relatively new and they are just kind of reacting and so the less you react the less they'll have to react to and the more you give into what they're doing the more they'll be able to react to the things that you're reacting to type of thing so it's really just about yeah. sounds like in your case since there's a lot of like interchanging pieces that you can't control, all you can do is constantly just avoid, 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 avoid. And I think eventually it will die down and eventually people's kind of anger and frustrations, they'll just get bored because they're not getting the reactions they want, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think things will just calm down over time. I hope so. I think I appreciate that. Yeah. That's what we're kind of hoping. Are you in therapy pain. at all? You know, we're just kind of, I am. Good I for am you. therapy. Yes. Yeah. Good for you. That's awesome, man. Well, keep doing that. If you really think this uh, relationship with your current girlfriend has a lot of potential, I would highly encourage mm -hmm. couples therapy. And that doesn't mean anything's okay. going wrong, but like you are dealing with a lot with your current girlfriend. And just like, I truly believe that every relationship can benefit, even if it's a healthy one, from like a third party who's not invested that can help like mediate and help each other make sure everyone's hearing each other out. And when it comes to this type of stuff, like you guys could be proactive rather than reactive with your relationship because these types of conversations are stressful and they are challenging. And eventually, you know, it might bleed into your current relationship and you might get frustrated and you might start, you know, projecting your frustrations and treating each other with kind of not the love that you want to, not because there's anything going on between you two, because life is just getting you down. So if you ever had a thought of, is couple therapy something that could benefit your relationship? The answer is always, I think, yes. So if you really value this relationship, maybe just see, it's just like, hey, would you ever be interested in like going to a couple's therapy with me? Because like, I really like you and like, I just want to make sure that we're going out of our way to like do this the right way and 
and get you know, learn certain tools to best communicate with each other because and also like you're stressed about this drama that we get are stuck with and I'm stressed with it and like you know maybe a couple therapists can just help us navigate it and like you you don't need to have a problem to go to couples therapy. It's also awesome for your kids to see where like, I think yep. it sounds like so much of the approach to this is kind of the thankless work of like not pressing the shiny red button, no matter how much you want to like, get, you know, and they're like waving the shiny red button in front of you, like trying to get you and suck you in on this. And like, it's a really like thankless, exhausting yep. job continually saying no to that. And knowing that like your kids are both seeing it now. And like after the fact, like I've had, I have all these moments in adulthood where I'm like, I put stuff together that my parents did. And I'm like, Oh my God, like those impressive bastards, like how did they do it? And just knowing that like both now your kids are going to see all the work that you're putting in, but then also like down the line as they emotionally mature, like there will be all of these moments where they will think back to the way that you navigated this situation. It will serve as this like wonderful model for sticking it out and doing unglamorous hard things. So good luck and hang in there. You're on the right path, man. And the most, you know, just kind of try to do more positive things and, and focus on the things that are working on. Try to just remove yourself from the things that are just, you know, keeping you stimulated, but ultimately just toxic and don't feed the beast, so to speak. And I think, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get, go to the right direction. And I said, cause it, it's so easy to get sucked up in drama. It really is. And I, we often mm-hmm. complain about hating yes. drama while participating in it at the same time. All right, buddy. Well, appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Keep us posted. Uh, especially love to know if you guys ended up in couples therapy and how it worked for you guys. Uh, but any, any, any update whatsoever is always appreciated. Okay. Thank you, Nick. All right. Thanks, pal. It. All right. Take care. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. What's your name? I'm Kylie and I'm 27. How can we help, Kylie? So I'm just wondering if maybe I'm scaring guys off because I'm asking for too much too soon in dating. Okay. Yeah. I remember you asked this question on Questions with Nick, and then I uh, I wanted you to write into the show, so thanks for doing that. Because I, I started to respond to you, and then I thought, well, I need more information kind of thing. As I was responding, I was thinking, well, no, you of course not. And then I was thinking, well, I don't know, maybe. I guess it depends, you know, every situation is different. So I'd love to hear from you. Give me uh, an example, especially if it's a fairly consistent example of a type of situation, uh, a dating situation that you have found yourself in where you feel like you are asking them something or too much and and you feel like that is negatively, negatively affecting how they are receiving you or their desire to want to advance things like can you give me an example of a situation and then we'll go from there yeah so i actually had a recent situation okay um that just ended a couple days ago okay uh we were seeing each other for a month and i think like on the second or third date i made my intentions pretty clear that i didn't want just a hookup like i was looking for a relationship okay um and he said that he wanted that too um, but it was early on, obviously, so we wanted to continue getting to know each other. My first question. Yeah. Now, when you said that to him, were you speaking more in general about your desires in a relationship or were you speaking to him about this relationship? Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, because like early on, you could say you meet someone, right? You said second date, first, second date. You're just like, hey, what are your dating intentions? Like, what are you looking for? It's just like, well, hey, I'm, I'm out here dating and 
I hope to eventually meet someone that I can like build a relationship with. I want to get married someday. So I'm actively out there dating with intention in hopes that I can meet someone to build a romantic connection with. Like whether that's you or someone else, that's my goal. Like that, that would sound yeah. great. Other people mm-hmm. on a second date might say, I want to seriously date. I'm not looking for a hookup. So what do you have to say to that? You know, and they immediately present like they want that person they just met that they're on a second date with to give them some sort of assurances that they are willing to commit to them if things move forward. And they're thinking, I don't know. I'm on a second fucking date with you. Yada, yada, yada. So again, there's no wrong answer because we're just trying to figure out, you know, like, because I think that's the thing why I wanted you to call in because I think it's, it's, uh, it's kind of, you're, you're threading the needle a little bit. I think there is nuance to this. And I think it's important to set expectations and boundaries, but there's also a way to do it and communicate that without sounding a little kind of pushy or disconnected or, or, you know, a guy feeling like, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know you. So like, I don't know if I want to date you, but like, yeah, sure. I want to get married someday, you know? So in this particular situation, if you could go back, do you think it was, which one do you think it was more closely aligned to? Um, I think I just meant like, it's hard to say. I guess it's in general because the scenario was like before we were about to hook up or like do anything. And so I wanted to make it clear that it wasn't my intention to just do that and have like a, be a relationship based on like sex or something. Gotcha. So I just wanted to make it clear that I was looking for something more in general. So you had this conversation with him when you guys were like half naked? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No problem. No problem. Fine. We all we've all done this. I think in general, that's not the time to have that conversation. Yeah, you know, and I true. know it's awkward, and I know a society hasn't created an environment for women to feel comfortable to have these types of conversations early on. So I acknowledge that and empathize with that. I still think we need to try to challenge ourselves to still, if we're going to participate in hookup culture. And having any type of relations within the first few dates is hookup culture. It doesn't matter whether you just want to hook up or not, or whether you want to find a boyfriend. If you're if you're hooking up with people you barely know, you're participating in hookup culture, and that's fine. But just be honest with yourself about what you're doing, because saying you don't want to hook up doesn't really stop you from still hooking up. So I think early on it's great to set that expectation with the people you're dating before your things are getting hot and heavy because he will literally agree to anything in that moment. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah totally. I like I totally want a relationship too. It's just like, oh great, can you just shut up and take off your clothes right now? It's kind of like what his brain's actually thinking. So do yourself yeah. a favor and try not to have that conversation when his dick is clouding his brain, so to speak. And it's not an excuse. Like men still need to hold themselves accountable for not saying shit they don't actually mean just because they're hard. But nevertheless, they do that a lot. If you want to get a really insincere response from a guy, ask him a question when he has a heart on. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, yeah. yeah, he did say, like, I was just saying it in general, but even though it was, like, second or third day, he was saying, like, yeah, like, I, I do see myself dating you. Like, I could see us, like, being in a relationship eventually, which I thought was a little bit weird because we didn't know each other that well. Yeah. Um, but it makes sense that he could just be saying that because it was like in the moment. And it's weird because it's like he probably doesn't even think he's lying to you. And, and can think about what he said. Yeah, I, I can see myself dating you someday. What does that even mean? 
Yeah. It also means he sure. could see your, himself not dating you someday. It's very open-ended, yeah. but it sounds nice. Have you ever asked that question? I mean, you know, like you're a smart person. You, knew, you even said, I barely knew the guy. And we're like half naked. We're about to hook up. And so you said to him right before you're about to like round, you know, second and go to third or whatever base you were going for. You said that because, again, society judges women unfairly for hooking up or quote unquote being promiscuous. And I think sometimes the only reason we say this in that heat of the moment is because I don't want him to think I'm being slutty or I'm being promiscuous. And if I let him know right now that I really want to boyfriend and not just a hookup, then he won't see me as someone who's just sleeping around. You know, and I don't know if there's any yeah. of that energy that's kind of you're projecting. Again, all he really wants to do is hook up with you anyway. So he's not even thinking about whether, you know, why you hooked up with him or what your intentions are. He might think about that after the fact. So again, in the heat of the moment, that's not the type of, that's not the time to have these kinds of conversations. Um, in, terms, in terms of intentions around what they want for themselves in the future or what type of emotional connection they're interested in committing to or building with you. Like that's not what they're thinking about when they are, are hot and heavy, so to speak. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess like the other thing is I just, in the first month of dating, it's hard to tell sometimes what their intentions are. I mean, I guess maybe they don't know in the first month. That's, um, they, but. Yeah, it's probably more of that. When you're dating these guys, are you usually, I mean, if you like a guy and you're like, you're on a second or third date, are you usually hooking up on some level? Um, I feel like, yeah. Okay. Usually, unless I, it's usually them initiating it, but sure. Yeah. yeah. And again, I've had some fun, you know, I've been a fuck boy, you know, you can be a fuck boy too. I'm just saying these conversations that you want to have with these men about like what your expectations and what you really want for a relationship. I think it's also important to have with yourself. Right. And I think if right now, if you're more of in a season of I'm tired of, you know, these kind of casual hookups and I'm tired of getting invested emotionally with these guys I barely know and getting excited only to be disappointed. I want to date. I want to date with intention. I want to get to know someone. I want to meet someone I really like and then get to know them and build a connection it might serve you well just to slow it down sexually early on because it, sex can confuse both parties. It's a very powerful thing. It gets a lot of emotions going. It complicates things. It just does. You know, we can, again, we can be sex positive and still respect the power of sex at the same time. You know, you have the right to do it. You have the right to do it without judgment, but it still doesn't stop it from impacting your relationships with the people that you're having sex with. So. Yeah, yeah, maybe in the first month when guys are very easily confused by their own emotions and their horniness and they're kind of saying whatever, you know, take the sex off the table. No rounding second, you know, heavy makeouts, some light petting. And a guy who really likes you, a guy who's really connecting with you, he'll wait. He will. He just will. You know, I don't, I don't yeah. care how sexual he is. I don't care how much sex he's had before. If he likes you, he will, he will wait. Certainly a few weeks, a month, you know. He will have no problem taking you on on dates and getting to know you and having conversations and having heavy makeouts with you that get you get guys both really excited and want to take each other's clothes off. But like that, that kind of like, not yet. It can be fun and exciting and you can build a lot of great sexual tension by 
not giving in to that temptation early on and having that build all while, you know, prioritizing, like really getting to know each other on these dates. And I think you could just kind of slow that part down. I think, I think you will see a lot of development in the emotional connection space if you slow it down. And again, you don't have to, and you're, you're not wrong for wanting to fuck around. I'm just saying it might serve you well to, to, to try a different method because I do think sex early on very much confuses both parties. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think the only like question about that is like if they're being nice and doing nice things for you for the first month, like maybe they're just doing it because they want to sleep with you versus they actually like you. I talk about this a lot in my book and building an emotional connection. Like I, I don't think, you know, making them wait a month for the sake of waiting a month. You're right. Is, is ultimately not going to like, if they're just waiting around to sleep with you, chances are if you have sex with them in a month, you'll get the same reaction. You know, I think in that month, that you're, let's say you meet a guy and you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do it a little different now. You know, before by third date, I'd be like, oh, this guy's hot. We're, we're vibing. Let's fuck, you know, let's hook up. You know, that's what I would normally do. I'm going to try it a little different. So now I'm not going to do that. And we're going to go on a series of dates and we're going to try to build a connection. I think it's important. Again, I think a lot of times in those situations, we'll start the stopwatch, so to speak, be like, all right, I'm going to wait a month. You know, and you're like literally marking days off the calendar of how many days I'm going to make them wait before I get to sleep with them. You shouldn't do that. No, it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to set an arbitrary deadline, like a 10 dates or a month. Nah, I'm just right now, I'm definitely not going to sleep with you. And what you're just going to focus on is getting to know him. And you're just going to check in with yourself and check in with him every day and feel like, are you building trust with this person? Do you feel like you are really getting to know him? You know, or do you feel like this person's just kind of saying what you want to hear? And are the conversations very sexual? You know, if every time you're trying to connect with him, he finds a way to turn the conversation back around on sex and what you like in the bedroom and things like that, then you probably know that that's where his head's going. You know, is he asking in, in this month of you like slowing down? Is he asking you questions that make you feel like he's getting to know you? You know, that again, aren't focused around sex. And, and that yeah. might allow you to like build some more trust with him and feel more, you know, comfortable. Like there's no guarantees. You're right. You could wait a month and have him have sex with him and you can flip a switch. But I, I don't think we're, we're checking in with ourselves as much as we should. And I think if we are slowing things down sexually, sometimes we will set this arbitrary deadline and we'll make it all about the deadline. And we're just trying to meet the deadline. And in the time in which we're slowing things down, we're not actually thinking about the type of conversations we want to have and we're not checking in with ourselves like hey do I feel like I know him a lot more than I did two weeks ago am I still comfortable because like sometimes we'll you could set that arbitrary deadline and it's like oh I guess I get to sleep with them today and you're not you haven't thought well I don't know like nothing's really changed in three weeks I'm still as unsure about him as I was three weeks ago I don't really know how he feels about me but hey I, it's 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 been a month so let's fuck you could very much get to that point and say well nothing has changed and so I'm not ready to sleep with him yet I'm not ready to not hang out with them, but like, I just want to keep doing what we're doing. I think it's trying to change our patterns of behavior and be honest with ourselves about you know, the choices we're making and, and then just try to slow things down and then check in with ourselves a little bit more often. Um, because I think, yeah, I think sometimes we confuse like setting expectations and boundaries with like these arbitrary deadlines 
And, and well, I told him, I, I don't want to just hook up. And then when, again, when we kind of reverse engineer it and think about that situation, it's like, well, I kind of told him we were half naked and he kind of said this, but I never really followed up after we were done making out. And I never, we never really sat down and actually talked about what we want for ourselves and what type of relationships we're looking for and what our timelines are. No, I mean, I asked him when we were half naked, these are awkward conversations. So we'll like, We'll latch on to these things and then think, oh, well, I asked him, maybe I pushed him away. Yeah, no, that's true. I think also, like, I did start reading part of your book and, like, you listed things that were, like, behaviors of fuckboys. Yeah. Um, and, like, is it possible to tell in the first month if, like, if they're doing those behaviors or is it just so early on that it's, like, too soon to know? No, I think it's, you could t- definitely tell. Are they inconsistent? You know, I talked about inconsistency being the, one of the biggest red flags. If you're hanging out with a guy, you know, in the first month and if you've expressed to him a desire to, it's like, Hey, I really, I like what I know so far. These were two really fun dates. I, this is great. I'd love to see you again. And he's like, yeah, I'd love to see you too. Or yeah, sure. Like maybe sometime next week, you know, well, that's a confusing statement. What do you, maybe some, maybe sometime next week. So maybe we'll hang out. I don't even know what day. And I don't even know what we'll do. It's very different than I'd love to. How about next Thursday? I know a great place I want to take you. Well, that's clarity. And the other one's confusion. And if, if he's being confusing, you know, you need to recognize that you're confused. Because a lot of times in those situations, we'll lie to ourselves. Because you've said to him, you were vulnerable. And you said to him, I really had a good first, dates with, first two dates with you. I want to see you again. And he responds with, yeah, me too maybe sometime next week. So first, our egos will only want to hear the me too. Oh, he agreed with me. He feels the same way as me. And then we'll kind of be like, oh, and then he also said like sometime next week. So like, cool. Like he didn't reject me. Great. And then we'll, we'll only focus on the fact that we weren't actually rejected. But later on, as a couple days go by, we're like, well, are we, are we hanging out? You're like, you'll talk to your girlfriends and be like, oh, I told them this. They're like, well, so when are you getting together? You're like, well, I, don't, I don't know. Like maybe some time next week and we're not actually not acknowledging to ourselves the confusion that we actually have about the situation and so to your question like can you tell yeah i think we again we just have to we actually have to listen to what they're saying to us and we have to not be afraid of that like sense of rejection of i was vulnerable with him and he gave me some like non-committal very aloof confusing answer maybe sometime next week that response is, I'm not ready to prioritize you or this relationship. I am interested in keeping my options open. The maybes or the will sees, sometimes these kind of like positive, like non-committal responses are just, those are, those are very fuckboyish words because they're all about like keeping you close, but not putting themselves out there to commit to anything that they have to follow through on. So it's, it's just, listening to little things like that yeah i think i just like i notice it but then i tell myself like it's just the first month so maybe it will change but i guess maybe that's not how it works yeah i mean listen it can change but it usually changes when you call it out either with your words or your actions if a guy says well maybe sometime next week you could kind of playfully be like i don't i don't know what maybe sometime next week means like do you actually want to go out you know be playful and then tell yourself well he's literally committed to nothing i'm not going to sit around and wait for him to like let me know and that's a sign for yourself to maybe consider other options get back on the apps it's a sign for yourself to say 
well, yeah, I've had a two nice dates, but like two good dates, you know, it, it sucks. I get it because like it's hard enough to have good dates. It really is. Yeah. We have we have more bad dates than good dates, and yet two good dates doesn't tell you anything. And I know it's a, like a kind of a shitty reality. I feel like I'm the, the grim reaper of like dating bad news. But even though good dates are hard to find, just because you have two great dates with someone, it, it's just a, it's the very start of something. And too often we will hang on to like, oh my God, I had an amazing first date or amazing f- two first dates. And we'll hang on to that and we won't want to risk it. We don't want to like, we don't want to like, take away from the shine of those two dates. So we'll lie to ourselves and not be honest with ourselves about like their follow-up and their confusing statements and kind of their fuck boy activities and things like that. Because we had two great dates, you know, that followed 10 bad dates with 10 guys that we just didn't connect with at all. I guess like in my scenarios, usually I notice it and I call it out and then they kind of get pushed away by that. But then that just probably shows they weren't that interested. Yeah, totally. And it's not that they're not interested in you. They're just not like at a place where they want to prioritize anyone. But for the time being, I would check this as a social experiment to yourself. Like next time you have a good first couple dates with a guy and you're and you're like, I really want to like, fuck, he's hot. I want to hook up with them. Don't. And you can tell him that honestly, like I I want you. But like right now, like I want to get to know you even more. So if you're down yeah. for that, let's keep hanging out. But like, I'm chilling on the uh, on the hookup front, and just see how it goes. See if you're able and challenge yourself to still have productive conversations. See if they still show an interest. And yeah, maybe wait longer than a month. The right guy will wait. He will. He's not gonna bail. Like he, the right guy isn't gonna invest in you in a month to get to know you and, and connect with you and get to a month. And then have you say, I'm not ready yet, and then bail on you. If he does, he's not your guy. He's just some fuck boy yeah. who was ho- hanging around for sex. So I, yeah. I, I hope, and I know like society doesn't like make it easy, but I hope for you and all the women listening just to not ever feel bad about not having sex because you're afraid he won't like you or afraid, you know, like th- those are just guys who aren't interested in making a priority. Like there are a lot of great guys out there. Even the fuck boys for the right person will be a softy and a compassionate, understanding, patient king, you know, with the right person. And so just know that it's just not the right people if they're not willing to give that energy to you. And it's not a you problem, yeah. it's a them problem. Yeah, that makes sense. That's definitely have to try that. I think that'll help. And I think you just kind of tell yourself that you really got to have that in your mindset because like the more you can project that energy to the guys you're dating where it's just, you're not worried about their approval and you're not worried about their validation, especially when it comes to like hooking up, it would be a very attractive quality. Yeah. That's true. I think it's just been not the right person for a lot of times, but totally. And that, I know that can get discouraging. Uh, but you're a very beautiful person. I, I'm sure plenty of guys are, are chomping at the bit uh, to have a chance to date you. There's a lot of lonely men out there. I think the more you can be honest with yourself and and call out the fuckboy activity and pay attention to the questions these guys are asking you and how they're responding and the type of topics they're, they want to talk about with you will really tell you a lot about their intentions. Well, this is great. Thanks for calling again. Very relatable stuff. Um, I, I always like to kind of have these kind of general dating questions that are very relatable because this is the stuff I think we 
We often get wrong. It's very confusing. And I think it's just kind of subtle adjustments we can make and just little key things that we can pay attention to to help us feel a lot more kind of in control and power and empowered when it comes to our dating life. Yeah, definitely. I think this helps a lot. So thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, take care. Good luck. Keep us posted on, you know, if you try new things with dating, we'd love to hear about it. Like success stories are always great. I'm sure a lot of people listening would love to hear things you did in the past, things you tried differently and how, how it played out. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget Vile Files Plus is now available. So sign up now. Seven day free trial. You do not want to miss out. Better date than never live on Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.